Hello and welcome to the Inner Work Conversation. I am Nikki Cross and today I am here to bring a topic back to the table and that topic is catastrophizing. I am bringing this back to the Inner Work Conversation because there is a lot of noise, a lot of noise at the moment out there and I know it's having an impact on many of you and that is on top of the thoughts and the things that I know that you might already be dealing with inside your own mind. And I know that because there is examples from my own client calls. Examples recently have ranged from, uh, what if I put my idea out there and it goes down like a lead balloon? What if my business fails? What if my clients don't think that my work is good enough for me to justify my prices? So many more. (laughs) And the point of this episode is to highlight and obviously support you with the fact that these thoughts, they don't just typically stop there. Like they don't just stop there. We treat them. We don't challenge them. We treat them like it's inevitable. And basically we take those kinds of thoughts without challenging them. We treat them like this, you know, like facts. And like we are some sort of mystic meg psychic that can see into the future and what's going to happen and how it's all going to inevitably go wrong. And we follow that thought through to completion, usually resulting in our inner world being completely exasperated and exhausted and our outer world being completely damaged by our actions and sometimes inactions are things that we don't dare to do because we're fearful. And before I go and go ahead and, and replay this episode that I'm about to bring back for you, I just want to pay that point some due attention before we go any further. I have personally, like I said, seen over the past couple of weeks, the absolute exhaustion in my own clients that is menacing. It's like the catastrophizing is causing them to literally exhaust themselves. And it is costly. It's costly in your inner world because it saps your self-esteem. It increases your anxiety. It prevents you from actually being present in your own life with yourself and with the people that you love. And from a business perspective, the ramifications are huge because like I said, quite often when we're catastrophizing and we're not challenging these thoughts, it's having an impact on the actions we take and the actions we're not brave enough to take. The inaction the things we're avoiding doing in order to keep us safe, in inverted commas, from the hypothetical fears playing out. So to let you behind the scenes for the work I'm doing with my own clients, a lot of the time they will bring the symptom of the problem to our calls to discuss. So for example, a client might come to me with their procrastination problem. And actually what we discover on the call is it's not procrastination that we need to be dealing with at all. It's the underlying fear. Or a client might come to me saying that they're just so busy and their to-do list never, ever ends and it's taken over their mind when they're meant to be with their loved ones and they don't ever feel like they can ever do enough. And again, we don't deal with that as a productivity issue. We deal with the underlying fear, right? And that's the thing. There is an assumption that I can find that in my client's words that they've usually made in their minds and they haven't challenged it. And that is the work that we do together. The work we do together is on challenging the thoughts and slowing down, slowing down just enough for them to be able to meet themselves where they're at without judgment, without criticism, and just slow down like long enough to see things clearly again, to see what's true. So 
in this episode, I'm bringing back an old episode that I've recently brought out and sent on to my own clients. But before I go ahead and play it, I want to say directly to you, if you can relate to catastrophizing, if your underlying fears are going unchallenged, if you are making subconscious assumptions and allowing your brain to treat a hypothetical scenario as something that feels very real and almost like it's inevitably going to happen, then this episode is for you. This episode is going to give you tools to pattern interrupt, tools to notice what's going on and give you ideas not just to fix it at surface level, but to go a little bit deeper so that you can take them away and practice them. So before we head on in, this episode is a little bit older. It's episode 78, which I think I released in May of this year. So, and it's November now. So I want to renew my objective for you before I go ahead and play it. My objective for you is this. Life and business, they are, in my opinion, life and business is their experiences that we are privileged enough to be experiencing. I feel like for me, it is a privilege to be here. It is a privilege to navigate the ups and downs, the highs and lows of life and of business. And that's life we are supposed to. We've got a range of emotions because we're supposed to feel them. None of it is wrong, right? And each experience to me is rich in what we can learn and how we can continue to become the most true, authentic, expressed version of ourselves. But so many of us are navigating life and business, trying to firstly suppress our own emotions and also spending so much energy avoiding potentially negative experiences because we don't think that we're going to be able to handle it. So we try, we put all our energy and effort into avoiding a negative, in inverted commas, outcome so that we don't have to handle it. When actually what I'm saying is, oh no, you can handle it. You are courageous. You are able. You are brave. You can handle the uncertainty. You can handle the adversity. Allow yourself to experience life and business. And it's in this episode that I think I share perspectives and tools. Um, And so please take what serves you from this episode and please send it on. Well, you can either send this one on or episode 78, both the same thing. This one's just got the updated intro. Um, send it on to someone that you think would benefit from hearing, hearing the episode. So as usual, we're going to dive straight in. I would be so happy to hear from you if you've noticed something about yourself, if you could relate to something, what you're going to take from this episode, and most importantly, what you're going to use, what you're going to implement, right? Just a bit of a personal update before I play the episode. I will be sending my email list, um, my updated website, which is going to be released soon, and also the updated ways to work with me in 2023. If you are not on my mail list, I will leave the link in the show notes. Please, by all means, get on that or DM me over on Instagram or LinkedIn or email me on contact at tlb.org.uk. I would be so happy to hear from you. So without further ado, let's head in to the replay of episode 78, all about catastrophizing. Let's go. Hi, and welcome to episode 78 of the Inner Work Conversation. I'm Nikki Cross, and today I want to talk to you about catastrophizing. This has been brought to my attention, this particular topic, in a direct message in Instagram. Now, I'm almost certain that I've covered this in another episode, so if you can think of which one that is, be a gem, contact me with the episode number so that I can include the link in the show notes. One that I have found that is very related that you might want to go and listen to after this episode is episode 36. So from a real while back, 
and it's called What If I Fail? But today's episode is slightly different. It's not just about the fear of failure. Catastrophizing is something our brains seem to do and it gives us that dread, that feeling like we're not going to be able to cope. Now, this is a really exciting topic to me because it's a huge part of the work that I do. It's weaved into literally everything I teach. And the reason for that is because at the root of every reason we think we can't and therefore our brain catastrophizes is fear. We fear that we're not going to be able to handle it. We fear we're not going to be able to cope. We're not going to be good enough. We'll be rejected. Even if we grow and we expand and we change, we'll be abandoned or we feel we'll be laughed at if we try. And some people, or a lot of us even, even fear our own success. So we play small because we feel like we won't be able to sustain the level of success we created if we achieve it. And it's because of my own years battling with my own fears, which I still do to this day. But that's the reason that I am so good at helping my own clients navigate fear. So let's get into this. One of the things that I noticed first and foremost is fear starts way before the thing that we're fearful of. It starts way, way, way before that, right? Usually for many of us, it comes in the form of a voice in our head that says something like, you know, I can't do this or I won't be able to cope or I won't be able to handle this. So what I'm saying here is the first thing that I want you to recognize is these catastrophizing thoughts they start way before anything could or will ever happen, right? And on that, just in case you think this is going to be an episode of trying to convince you that the worst thing won't happen or being a positive poly or whatever, I want to get straight to the point here. Bad things will happen in life and business. You will fail. Your worst fears might actually come true. I know for me, this has been the case. I have failed bad things have happened, my worst fears have come true. (laughs) So we just want to start the episode there by saying this, okay, look, this, this is what going through the hardest times in my life personally has taught me that sometimes the things that you, the thing or things that you fear, it really does happen. So I'm not going to be the motivational voice in this episode to tell you to bury the catastrophizing thoughts because your brain is cleverer than that. You deserve more credit than that, right? We're not going to spend this episode talking about positive affirmations and things like that because your brain knows when you're trying to trick it. And instead, I would like to help you navigate these fear thoughts, navigate the catastrophizing thoughts that you might be having at the moment by sharing a few self-reflection prompts and ideas with you that I personally go by. So how many have I written down here? Let me look at my bullet points. I think I've got five of them. So let's dive in. Number one is what if real life was a coin and my imagination is only looking at the sides of the coin that shows it turning out bad, right? So what if I could see, if I looked at the other side of the coin that shows it turning out well, and please don't just take that idea and raise your eyebrows and be like, it's a nice idea, how lovely. Because let me tell you, if you do that, this shit will not work, right? I am presenting the concept that when you are in, when your brain is in a catastrophizing place, when your thoughts are going down catastrophizing lane and you are being led into the catastrophizing swamp, what one, the first tip, the first thing, idea that I'd like to present to you today is your imagination is a useful tool and it's doing its job. What I mean by that is 
by it's doing its job, your your thoughts, your brain is just trying to keep you safe from a perceived threat, something that you're thinking could be harmful in life, in business, to you emotionally, physically, financially, whatever it is, right? That's all that's happening when you're having catastrophizing thoughts that, like we said before, might actually turn out to be true. But this particular tip, this particular idea, concept, whatever, is saying, what if you allowed your brain to explore the fact that if life was a coin and you're just looking at one side of the coin where it turns out badly, what if you were allow what if you created space to allow yourself to look at the other side of the coin? Now, like I've just said, this isn't one of those tips where you can just be like, oh, that's a nice idea, and then move on. This is gonna take for you to actually do it. You have to imagine this just as much, if not more, than you're imagining your your fear thoughts. And the reason that we don't do this is because it takes effort. It takes effort because you have to do it intentionally. You have to do it on purpose. Will it feel strange? Possibly. Do it anyway. Because the thing is, when your brain is left, when your thoughts are left to their own devices, they will present only one side of the coin. And that side of the coin, if you're listening to this episode, is gonna be the sides of the coin, which is everything's gonna go to shit, everything's gonna go wrong. And your job is to see the whole coin on purpose. This links to um, another tip that I've got in a little minute, but I just wanna stop there and say, on that, if you feel led to right now, you're having catastrophizing thoughts, and you're like, actually, that's a fair point. I haven't objectively been being looking at the other sides of the coin. My imagination has only been presenting to me one side of the coin. This might be your invitation to pause the episode now and go and grab your journal or go on a walk and voice note yourself and actually talk through with yourself the other side of the coin. And I just want to say before we wrap up this particular point, when we're having all of these fear thoughts, right, what they do, catastrophizing typically will take us to the end outcome. So as an example, one of the ones that I used to have on repeat in my own head is, what if my business doesn't work? What if it doesn't turn out the way that I want and need it to turn out? It's going to mean that I let everyone down. Financially, we're not going to be okay. We're not going to be able to pay our mortgage and we're going to get our house repossessed. Now that is your typical catastrophizing thoughts. They they get progressively worse very quickly. So you, you're literally jumping from what if things don't go as I planned all the way through to we're going to end up homeless in the space of a few thoughts, right? What I'm saying with this coin thing is allowing yourself to see the other side to that coin. So we're not trying to diminish the catastrophizing thoughts here. We're just welcoming in another perspective. We're saying, okay, well, what if it turned out well? What if I earned more money than I have ever earned in my entire life? What if I made everyone so proud? What if, what if I was able to achieve my biggest dream, my biggest goal, which is to impact as many people positively and help them be leaders in their own life and in their business? What if that? Allowing your thoughts to imagine that particular outcome, right? And like you've just heard, it takes for me to be intentional because those fear thoughts are going to be the ones that are roaring loudly. So you're going to have to do this on purpose. So this leads me nicely onto the second thing that I'd like you to consider doing. And that is 
Number two, make space for your fear thoughts. Make space for them. Welcome them in. Imagine your brain is this, or your head is this big dining room. And at the moment, you're trying your best. You're trying so hard to lock the fear thoughts out, but you can't help but notice that they're there because they're at the window, like streaking with their clothes off, like trying to get you to notice them. And you are. And when you when you notice them, you look past them and you can see that they've painted this picture outside of what your life's going to look like when all of these fears come true. And this is what I experience so often with my own clients that they've spent so long trying to avoid their fear, that they're exhausted. They are literally, they they haven't got anything left in the tank. And it's a little bit like what I want you to imagine is every day, if you were going around carrying a backpack that has 20 kilograms in it, 20K, it's not heavy. It's not really that heavy. But if you carried that around all day, every day, you're going to feel it. It's like that. It's carrying around your fear because you're avoiding it is doing this to you. It's sapping your energy reserves. And people come to coaching with me. And one of the things that I do is I go into the fear with them. I hold their hand and I open that dining room door. And together we let that fear come in and sit down. And for me, I can always see that there's hesitancy in them because I know that they're worried that if they go there, in inverted commas, that they might get stuck there or they might not be able to handle it. And on this particular point, I want to point out, it is a skill. That's why I'm so good at what I do, because it's a skill. But as I'm saying that, what you're probably hearing is, with it being a skill, you should also hear that, therefore, this is something that you can cultivate. A skill is something you can get good at, right? So if you're sitting there with your headphones and at the moment listening to this episode thinking, I am a catastrophizer. I do all of the things that she's saying. Oh my God, this is me. I want you to know that catastrophizing is just something that you've learned to be good at and your subconscious, your brain, your thoughts, your nervous system, you have thought that catastrophizing so far has been a good way of trying to protect yourself from the outcome that you're so scared of. And what I'm saying here is to do the opposite, is to welcome and invite your fears in. And it's a skill. So you can start off this skill. You don't have to hire a coach. You can literally just create time in your day. It can be as simple as sitting down with your thoughts each day, maybe in a journal, maybe like I said before, voice note yourself and delete it straight away. Depends if you like to write or speak it out loud. But this is no more than an exercise of self-awareness. Or back to my metaphor before, it's like taking five or 10 minutes out of your day to stop unpack that backpack that you're carrying around and make it a little bit lighter before you then carry on in with your day. And when you look at it like that, can you see how I struggle when people say to me, they don't have time for self-reflection. They don't have time. They're essentially saying, I don't have 10 minutes in my day to take my backpack off and unpack it so that I don't have to carry this around all day next day. And instead they burden themselves with the drain on their energy that carrying that weight around will take. So I know that it can feel like an intimidating concept to, and and also I know that you might be sitting there thinking, I do sit with my fear. My fear is with me every single day. And I know that because I can feel it. it. There's a big, big difference between feeling what your fears are making you feel 
So you're scared right now, you're catastrophizing, you're anxious, your anxiety levels are really high. There's a big, big difference between just feeling that and listening to your fear thoughts and intentionally sitting and writing your fear thoughts out and looking at them. Just not even trying to solve them, not even trying to push them away, but just being with them. There's a very, very, it's one is not intentional. One is very, very intentional. Um, And then that nicely moves me on to my third point. Third point is probably one of the reasons why a lot of people do not get support with their catastrophizing thoughts. And that is, I want you to recognize, particularly if you're someone who listens to this podcast, Sometimes you will be the helper in life and in business, and sometimes you will need help. I'm going to say that again. In life and business, sometimes you will be the helper, and sometimes you will need help. For a lot of us, this is the big reason that we keep our fears to ourselves, is because we think that by sharing those fears, so like I said in point two, if you want to be able to sit with your fears a little bit, right? It might mean that you need to hire a coach. It might mean that you, and I'm going to talk to you about who you might want to share your fears with in a minute. But for a lot of us, we don't share them. And that's because we think that we'll be burdening others if we do share them, or that they're not valid enough, or they're silly, or we should know better, we should be able to do better. This is especially true for those of us who who are relied on by others. So maybe if you're a community leader, a parent, a carer, a business owner, a manager, whatever, for for a lot of people, they feel like they are the carers and so they don't, they're the helpers and so they don't go out and seek help for themselves. And to that, I want to offer the perspective that the most powerful leaders need support too. It's really, it's actually quite a toxic thought to internalise that you shouldn't need support And it's one that I don't believe we actually consciously think, but it happens under the radar. It's almost like we're going around carrying the weight of our fears, never really seeing that if we allowed ourselves just for a moment to share those fears in a healthy way, number one, with someone who has both the ability and support to help us in those moments, number two, right? And what I mean by that is don't ring someone up who you know might also be in the shit themselves offload all of your fears onto them because they might not actually be in the space where they can support you. They might not have the emotional, physical capacity in that moment to help you. Now, the reason that I'm putting this qualifying criteria around, yes, definitely share your fears, but be mindful and selective of who you share your fears with is because I personally know that in the past, I have personally turned to people that I love and who love me and I have told them my fears. But because they also fear similar things and because they love me, they have then got scared for me, which is (laughs) in that conversation reinforced my fear that was hypothetical, right? It was just imagined. It wasn't even real in the first place. But in sharing that fear with them, they, it hasn't helped because they have then gone, oh shit, I hadn't thought about that. You could be right. Oh yeah, you might end up homeless. Maybe don't do that. Maybe don't quit your job and start your business, (laughs) you know? So this is not what you want or need in these moments. And so so to summarise on that point, please acknowledge that sometimes you are the helper and it's probably the case for you often. Yeah, but sometimes you also need help and you need help 
from the right person or people too. And that's very obvious. That's a very obvious point that I've just brought to the table. But again, don't just listen to this and let it wash over you. Actually sit back and ask yourself right now before I move on to my next point. When was the last time you you asked for help? When was the last time you said to someone, do you know what? I could really use an ear. I could really use someone to just sit and listen to me. I don't need for you to coach me. I don't need for you to try and guide me out of this fear. I just need to say it out loud, right? That. Next point. So I've got two more points here. Next point. Instead of trying to make it superficially better, make it really better. Right. So instead of making it superficially better with thoughts like it's all going to be okay, I'm sure it's going to work out. Instead of thoughts like that, try on new, more supportive thoughts. So here's here's the rub. Instead of trying to be positive about your thing that you're catastrophizing over, don't be positive about it. Just be supportive towards yourself. So instead of thoughts like it's all going to be okay, I'm going to be okay. I'm sure it's all going to work out. Try thoughts like, I can trust myself to navigate uncertainty. I have always made it through the adversity that I've faced. Because the thing is, in the lead up to something difficult that our minds want to catastrophize as a method to try and protect ourselves from getting hurt or protect ourselves from potential pain, what we're trying to do by catastrophizing is deal with the scary thing in advance of it actually happening. But all we're really doing is scaring the shit out of ourselves in the process. So if you've ever been to a theme park, for example, you'll know real the real fear, it's in the queue. The ride itself probably didn't seem that scary in comparison to what your brain was doing in the line waiting. I know you can relate to that one. So in real life, it's exactly the same with the scary things like waiting for a health test result or doing some compl- something completely out of your comfort zone. Instead of simply trying to think positive thoughts, I would rather that you, th- you thought supportive thoughts, like the ones I said earlier, ones you can try on are things like, I have always made it through adversity or I can trust myself to navigate uncertainty or I am always supported in ways that I couldn't even begin to imagine. Make your own up and make them powerful to you. Because I know that when you try and think positive thoughts, and I hear it in my own clients, they say they literally say things to me like, I suppose I just need to be more positive. And I'm like, yeah, fuck that. Like, no, sorry, you're gaslighting yourself if you think that. These fear thoughts, you're catastrophizing as a way of trying to protect yourself. And so what we're not going to do is try and stick a sticky plaster over those thoughts, but instead we're going to be grown-ups about it and we're going to show ourselves, we're going to parent ourselves just as a healthy parent would for you. And we're going to actually show you that even if the worst thing happened, even if the biggest fear that you had actualized, that you are always going to be there to support yourself. Because ultimately, in those moments where we're going to shift, that is all that we really deeply need. Because actually, it's probably the case that you cannot control the outcome. You might be able to influence it, but you're not going to be able to influence it while you're shitting yourself. So actually, it's not about fixing the thing that is external to us in that moment or trying to control the external things around us. And it's certainly not about speaking positively to yourself. It's just about showing yourself that even in the fear, 
Even if it all does go wrong, you will always be there to support yourself. And it's giving yourself that reassurance in those moments. And again, it's all very well and good listening to this podcast. You have to do this. If you're sitting there nodding right now thinking, yeah, she's right, I actually don't do that for myself. This is the moment to commit. This is the moment for you to be like, I recognize it. What the fuck am I going to do about it? I recognize what she's saying could work for me. What am I going to do? This only works anything that we ever do together, whether it's through the podcast, if you're a client of mine, it only ever works if you commit to it through your action, through intentional thinking of thoughts, believing of beliefs, right? Um, And that leads me on to my last point, which is something that you really might not want to do. If you're in the space of catastrophizing, something that I've learned from numerous authors in numerous books, so I cannot take this last point as my own. It's written in so many ways from Marie Forleo's work to Tim Ferriss's work to Mike Dooley's work. And it's this, define the nightmare, go there. Literally define the worst case scenario make it unedited. So I like to do this particular exercise written down, but make it unedited and go in there. The absolute worst thing that could happen, get out all the details. What can you see? What can you, who've you let down? What's happened? What could happen because the awful thing has happened? What fears, what doubts, what, what ifs have you got? Really get into the detail of all of them and envision them in a lot of detail. And ask yourself the questions, would it be the end? And would this have permanent impact on your life? And we're not going any further than this yet. We're just going right into the detail of the fear. It's a little bit like if you've eaten something that's giving you food poisoning and you need to get it out. It's a little bit like that with your fears. And then the next step to this is looking at all of that rate it on the two following scales. So down, I like to do this down the margin of the page that I've been writing on and just looking at all of the fears that I've written and gone, going, okay, two scales. What is the possibility that this could happen? On a scale of one to 10 or one to 100, what is the possibility that this could happen? How possible is this? And then scale number two, how probable is this? So going back to what I was saying earlier, this does require you to sit down and intentionally sit with your fears. But what we're doing here is slightly advanced because what we're saying is now I'm going to go down the margin of my page and look at how probable is this in real life? How probable is it that my business is going to fail and I'm going to end up on the streets? Well, to be fair, not really that probable. So let's start with the basic fear. My business will fail. Well, in order for my business to fail, that would mean that I would have to stop trying. (laughs) So that's not very probable because I'm never going to stop trying. How probable is it that I'm going to end up on the streets? Zero, zero percent probable because if my business did fail, I'd just get a job and therefore, uh, sorry, possible. And therefore we then have to go, well, how probable is that? And what we're doing here is we're allowing the logical sides of our brain to step in and look at the illogical thoughts that we're having that feel very real and very scary. And we're just allowing ourselves to shed a logical light on our fears. Now, don't expect this to take away the fear. We're All we're doing is working with it. And then the next thing that I want you to do is actually 
think about, okay, so if anything did come out as possible or probable, what steps could I take if those things did happen to repair the damage and get things back on track, even temporarily? And the chances are, it's it when you look at it, it's probably easier than you imagine. So, and, and another question for this is like, how could I get things back under control, right? How could I deal with this situation? And then for any scenario, if you're left over with anything then, for any scenario, you need to then allow yourself to look at, are there any possible benefits of my fear coming true? So I know for me, I failed many times in my business. And when I say failed, I've had zero next to zero income months. I've had launches that haven't gone very well. I've pitched to clients who, because of my pitch, have gone, oh no, that's really not for me. And actually it's not because of the service, it's because of my pitch. Lots of different things have happened in, in my business. Lots of different things have happened in life where if I could go back and do things differently, I definitely would. But what I need to be able to see from those fears actualizing is I actually learned a lot from some of my worst fears, some of my biggest challenges in my life, some of the worst fears that I possibly had coming true, like losing my parents, for example, I have learned so much from those. I have grown so much from those times of devastation in my own life. So I have to then apply the same thing to the fears that I have now and say, well, let's say that those things do come true. Might there be any benefits to it? Might I be able to show myself that actually I can handle these situations? And that, again, this isn't making, this isn't, we're not trying to shed a positive light here. We're just trying to understand that what external or internal benefits might there be from things going wrong. A lot of the time when we're perceiving our fears, particularly in business, when we're perceiving our fears and things going wrong, we're only ever seeing the bad shit, the things that are, is, is going to be life-changing in a bad way. But what we rarely give ourselves a chance to notice is, well, from those months that I didn't bring in much revenue in my business, it taught me the gift of patience. It taught me the gift of persistence. That struggle that I went through showed me how resilient I was. There were gifts in those times, and that's what I'm saying in this particular point. All right. Um, and then the last thing that I just want to bring to it before I finish off this episode is like allowing yourself the space to consider what is it costing me right now to be in this fear? So a lot of the time, what when we're catastrophizing, the only thing we're focused on is the implications and the costs of our fears coming true. Um, but what I would like you to consider is what is it costing you to be in this catastrophizing space? And the reason that I bring that to your attention is because for so many years, I was chief catastrophizer. Like, I bet you my house that I could catastrophize better than you. <laughs> Not that I'm competitive or anything, but I honestly, like, it was just such a challenge for me um, to learn the skill of being able to navigate my own catastrophizing. And I look back on those years, literally years, and I look back and I can now, in hindsight, see the cost of my catastrophizing. And the cost of me spending time with those particular thoughts 
were so much more impactful in a negative way on my business and life than actually dealing with the fears coming through themselves. So I would like to present the idea to you that it's actually costing you right now to stay in this space. And I would like to bring that to your attention because the thing that you're fearing or the things that you're fearing, they might not be possible and they possible rating and they might not be even probable but actually are you even paying any attention to the fact that your catastrophizing is probably costing you so much more which is the reason I feel so passionately about helping my clients right is for me to be able to give them the skills and the confidence to deal with the adversity that comes their way I know what that's going to do in their life and business So to wrap up the episode, one final note is this. It's really hard to start the practice of finding calm only in moments of panic. That's like trying to teach someone to swim only when they've fallen in a pool. It's not the best time, right? So instead, I want you to take what you've listened to today and please notice that you can practice these things outside moments of when you're catastrophizing. You can practice creating calm within yourself. It's a skill. Skills can be built, cultivated, mastered through practice. So if you're someone who's dealing with catastrophizing at the moment or fear at the moment, I want to remind you that there was a time when you weren't catastrophizing. There was a time when you weren't feeling fear because the thing that you're scared of happening wasn't in your line of vision. It was probably there as a potential possibility, but not not really in your real life. Had you have practiced remaining calm and grounded in those times, you would, hands down, be finding it easier to remain calm and grounded in the times of fear and uncertainty and catastrophizing now. And you might hate me for saying this because you might be thinking, oh, nice one, Nick. Bit late now, though. I'm in it now. And just, I just want to remind you, whatever you're going through right now, however bad or mild it is, life keeps going on. Business keeps going on. Nothing ever stops. And the moment that you're through this, in inverted commas, it will be on to the next, which is to say adversity, uncertainty, challenges, they never stop, right? Aren't I dead positive in this episode? Your job is here, is, is to build the skills in navigating the uncertainty and the challenges and the fear, navigating them in ways that keep your inner world intact, So what I hope this episode has brought to you is something that helps you in the times of panic, yes, but please take up my encouragement to find practices that help you cultivate calm within yourself outside of the moment that you're drowning. Practice them outside of the moment that you're drowning. Okay, so with that, I'm going to wrap the episode up there. Please never forget, I am always cheering you on and I hope that you are cheering you on too.